0: 2002, right? That's Screaming Infidelities?
1: Yeah. So
0: that's, that, that's like a total game. That's like a g- game changer.
1: Yeah, unexpected. Like, I had this. MTV uh, Awards, so all that shit. Yeah, I had the, the Swiss Army. Sorry, Swiss, the album Swiss Army Romance has Screaming Infidelities, and again, I go and notice on there. Those both appear on places because the yeah. record label that bought it from Amy when I said I was not going to sign there that I didn't think the contract was very fair. Um, they said they were going to shelve my record Damn. and, you know, I'm not going to speak ill of them. Cause we've all kind of like, we all understand we were just all young. They were young. So, I was young. Yeah. We didn't really know what we were doing. And there's, there's no, there's no animosity these days, but in my worry, I was like, well, I'll make a new record. That's it. That's all I'll do. But I didn't have enough songs. So I was like, well, I'll just maybe if I did a band version of those two songs. I could fill out this record and that's what I did. So that's the only reason Screaming even has that version that exists, was that somebody was going to shelve the record, did shelve the record. Yeah. And and so I I re recorded Screaming as a band and that was, I guess, what it needed. And yeah, MTV kind of came calling like we weren't going to make a video or anything. But they had this MTV, the first MTV movies uh, production yep. like when they launched the MTV p- Pictures. Yeah. Was was a like made-for-MTV movie about drug use in high school. Um, and Aaron Paul and uh, Rain Phoenix were the stars. That's
0: crazy. Aaron and Paul, they, Breaking Bad, that's sick.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made a video with him, with them. And so Aaron Paul and Rain I forgot about that Holy Phoenix are in my first video that's right and um, oh, yeah and then they had us come and film some sections of my first experience with like a music video and um, and wow. then it won it won like a it won the MTV music video award that year
0: so so what does that feel like and where are you at the like how big is dashboard at that time right before this was you feel like it was blowing up or this just took it to another level
1: yeah it was blown up okay it's blown up now I'm like well beyond my but it was still like the it was still like niche and I and I was okay with that I, n- I never had this I, I'd never it never dawned on me to have the the narrow the center lane path yeah like I always knew I'd be left the center and frankly I always have been but for brief periods of time like when yeah. that was on MTV and then I think that's been what's given us longevity is that we never were totally mainstream mm-hmm But yeah, that was the, the, uh, we were big. At that point, when I say big, it was like we were, we were, you know, we were being able to sell out places that we, I I couldn't imagine we had any business selling, you know, like Irving Plaza, things like that, that are like, yeah, they're like kind of milestones or, or, you know, CBGBs. And then it wasn't straight to Irving Plaza, it was like a basement show. To some crummy club, to CBG several crummy clubs, to see C- brownies, to the CBGBs, brownies. to Bowery, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and to the Bowery, to uh, Irving Plaza, and then you know later on and on. It's cool, man. But at that point, we were probably about the stage of like about either just about to or at Irving Plaza size.
0: Yeah, it's great. And then that, then that hit, so, and the, and so did the song. Was the song getting radio play? And that's that. Why MTV wanted?
1: No, it was getting nothing. Wow, it was getting nothing. It was just there was fans in the building. At that time, there was a whole bunch of people from our scene that were starting to get work within like radio stations and within TV shows and within um, and with at MTV. And so somebody at MTV was a fan because they were young and they were they were mostly connected to the scene that we all came out of. Yeah, and they they floated it and they stayed on it. They just like were like a dog on a bone, and they they finally got the person person or people in charge to come out and see us, and and that's what it took. It's the it took them seeing the audience in the way they reacted. It's the audience that's yeah the famous. It's not us. Mm-hmm. It's the one the thing that's like the big moment isn't the, the band. It's the audience. It's not me and my guitar. It's the people singing out there.
0: Yeah. So were you, were you did you were you like like whatever they come check us out? We used did you care about MTV, like, sweating you guys at that time, just doing your thing, like, whatever happens, happens? And
1: I didn't I didn't know to care. Yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't even know to care at all. Yeah. Uh, if I was even told, to be honest with you, um, it's entirely possible I wasn't told. It's most likely probable I wasn't told until afterwards. Okay. Uh, how did this even come about? Oh, they were at this show. They were at that show? Gotcha. Yeah, I never met anybody. I never, like, like, when we did the MTV Unplugged, that was a different story. I, yeah. The, people, the guy. Well, I can get to that. But anyway, with the um, with the with the movie and getting um, that song on MTV, the first time it dawned on me that this is like some, something that might change my career. Yeah. Was when I was when I was actually filming the video. Okay. I didn't spend too much time in California. All of a sudden, I'm spending time in California, and I'm I'm act on a set with makeup on. Wow. And i um, filming for for days and i was like wait a minute like i'm in like hollywood doing a hollywood figure <laughs> yeah and um and i and i had terrible fear because i i just you know there's all those all those lessons were taught coming up in the hardcore scene and then all those lessons were taught by watching these bands sign to majors or get big exposure mm-hmm. and imploding or being forgotten yep um everything about it screamed cautionary. And I was really uncomfortable with alienating our audience.
0: I get, I've been, I get it. Yes.
1: So I, I never got both my, and this is probably if all the things that helped my career, they're incredible. The thing that maybe hurt my career, but maybe gave me a longer career was that I, in other words, I could have probably might've possibly been much bigger, but for a shorter period of time um, which I would have not liked but if because I never got both went in with both feet Mm. I just couldn't I just couldn't do it and I watched other bands come in up after me and around me and and do that and there was no backlash Um, there really I mean there wasn't Uh, times times had changed I just wasn't aware of it
0: yeah or what label you're on this like that people cared about your label you're on all that stuff like
1: yeah I thought that it would I also thought, like, because people care about what la- label you're on, I was concerned, too. Like, the backlash, what if that extends to Vagrant Records and the bands on Vagrant
2: Records? Mm. Like,
1: is this is this going to hurt the get-up kids? Is this going to hurt Saves the Day or the trio? Is, is this going to be a, a smudge? And it, was, it wasn't. it was But these are the yeah. things that, like, kept me up at night.
0: Mm. Same kind of thing with the, the punk explosion, too, with Epitaph Records and Fat Records at that one point. Same kind of thing, too, you know?
1: Well... But that's where I come up with the cautionary tale, because that's where I learned, like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. This can be really good for one or two bands, but it's probably not going to be good for everybody. Yeah. And I felt like I wasn't going to be the one or two. I felt like I was going to be the everybody.
0: So you made the video, and after that, were you stressing it when it came out? or?
1: Well, I was stressing, but about the things that are so super, you look back and realize they're so superficial. Yeah. I was of course stressing about what other people would think. Yep. I just wasn't, I I needed to learn and how to, yeah, how to just be comfortable with what I thought and what I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really concerned. Like, is this, what, what are people going to say? What are people going to say? And it, you know, you realize now, like, what does it matter? You made the choice. Exactly. You did it. You did it Well, you can't like, if they have something to say, they have every right to say it and you can't change your mind. If you didn't want him to say it, don't do it. Yep. But I didn't have that life lesson yet. And you know, by and large, people there was there was a backlash against my band, but it didn't come until later. Okay. And I think the backlash came a little bit more with like the ubiquity of the emo scene. Like everybody thought like like I I never wore gothy makeup or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I was lump like that came after me. But I was, but that's what people think of. I think when they think of this super sad sax shit and this yeah very very like goth um, aesthetic and and melodrama. I don't think that's. I don't think that applies to us. I'm not passing judgment on that scene. I just don't see the relationship between the sounds or the looks yeah. or the ethos. But you know,
0: that's what that category. It was
1: about. I did, and I and I'm ha- I like. I like every stage of emo and I'd never have thought I want to be disassociated from it. But there was a point of it where I was like, Oh yeah, maybe this doesn't, the thing they're calling emo doesn't really apply to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, like I felt a little like sense of loss. Cause you know, this is when I say, emo, I'm not talking about the, the, um, snarky way people say it. I'm talking about the way we said it with pride.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when we were in that scene, it wasn't any different. It was just a subsect of hardcore for us, totally. which was a subsect of punk rock, which is all a subsect of community.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So anyway, um, but anyway, I digress. The, 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 the thing ended up being great for my life and for my career, for my bandmates. And um, and so it also ended up being great for my friends, the ones that I was worried about, like, well, what does this do to the get up kids or stays today? Day? Mm-hmm. Or the Alkaline Trio, or all the bands, all the many bands on Vagrant that we were family with. Yeah. Well, they all started making videos too. And they were, I mean, I think Hey Mercedes made their video like the next week with the same people. Oh, wow. And they were all, they were, yeah, they were all, they were all uh, pretty successful in that period in that medium. And they didn't get a whole lot of backlash.
0: Yeah. And you guys so, took that chance and did that first, you know, like, Kind yeah, of, kind of said it.
1: I, I wish I had been, I wish I had been more uh, in the moment for all those things. Mm. So worried about what people might do, or what people might think, or what will this, what will this take away? Yeah. Or God forbid, like, what if this adds something I don't want? And he's like, man, sometimes if you're going to take a risk, you're just going to have to shed all that and just say, what will come will come.
0: Yeah. Did you see a difference at the shows and fans and people?
1: After yeah. that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and it was, it would change more and more and then change back later. Mm-hmm. But right away I saw like, I, I really don't know what to call them, but I saw this like way more diversity in the kinds of people that were coming. It just yeah. wasn't strictly like these hardcore mo kids. Yeah. It was, it was people I couldn't identify what their story was just by looking at their T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And that's all okay. You know, I would come to know these people as like having the same. We were just their entry points for some yeah. reason.
0: And that's fine. Dude. And that's they a good would, thing, man.
1: Yeah, they had the same heart and head for, for what we were after. Yeah. In our scene. So, and it would get more. I feel like there was a point, though. The one thing that I, that I couldn't control was I think there was a point where like there were so many of the new folks to the scene that the scene kids kind of maybe felt pushed out a little
2: bit.
0: Yeah, we found, well, we, we found them first. I, I, does, there, yeah. there is this thing where like, I never understood either because we, we saw bands like seven seconds. There's a <sighs> lot of bands that took chances and went to major labels and you know, we got kind of bored with making the same record over again. We, we wanted to be who we were but try something different. Went to MCA, New Found Glory was on, The Blink was on. We took a chance, made a record that people love and cherish now but back then, they hated it. We were sellouts this, and that, even though we we're the same fucking people, um, but like, there's this thing where like punk punk and hardcore kids like they have you, and then the minute you become a little bit successful, they hate you because they want you to play to five kids in their basement. We found them first. Like they're not yours. We, you know they don't want to share you with other people. And the whole point of your band is to get your message to everybody you can, inspire as many people as you can, all kinds of people, not just from your small little scene. And there's this thing where like people get so uh, selfish about kind of feel like they own you. And then the minute, like more people like you, they feel like, ah, oh, fuck them. They sold that. But it's, but it's not, you're the same person and you have an opportunity to get your message on a bigger platform. I never understood that, like you would want to support bands that you love and inspired you on all the different journeys. Do you know what I mean?
1: I totally know what you mean, but I have to tell you that I was guilty of that as a music fan. Mm. You know, I, I know I was, you know, I'm not now, I'm, I'm, I'm older and I know what's like, what's loved is to be shared, you know? Yeah. But, when I was younger, I was like, well, you know, we're the outcasts and we, we, we feel like we help, you know, you get this sense of like you're part of something Well, you can't help, but feel like you're helping too. And like, and it's not like this band wouldn't be there without us, but you do feel like, Oh, we help them get bigger and bigger by telling so many people to come with us. Like literally you got to come with us to see this show. So there's 10 more people at this show the last time because I brought those 10. And so, of course, I feel like oh, you know. This is how I thought. Of course, I feel like you know. Like, what, what's happening now? Who are these folks? And what about us? And oh, man, I'm not. I can't. I don't know if I can be. I can't hang with this. And that was that was foolishness in my youth. You know, I can't um,
0: share them with these people. Who are these people? I don't know these people. Well,
1: so, but then from a band point of view, like being on the stage, it was more like euphoria because what you said it rings true when you're in the band. It's like what you're doing. You want to be spread to people far and wide. You don't care if they come from your scene. In fact, if you can spread your music, your message beyond your scene, it already is buying in your message because it's part of, it's their message too. um, Then you're doing something special, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you can't preach to preach to the converted the whole, all the time. I I loved opening up a new founder, doing the Warp tour or playing with some 41 or, Good Shard. I love that challenge of being that band that nobody really knew who they were and winning the crowd over and working Yeah, I love that of like That's the whole point of music up like getting in front of different audiences and spreading your word I mean, I love hardcore and punk. That's my roots and that's the people that that made us and that's how I grew up but people got so mad when we started like playing with other bands that weren't in the scene. It's like and then later on, more things happened like that. More Harker bands got on the Warp tour, and and there was more diverse packages. But like,
1: yeah, you broke down that wall though for bands to be able to do that. So you felt the brunt of like the resistance that other bands didn't feel. So I'm wondering how that felt to you, like when you were, would go back to your scene, and now you're those fans you made along the way outside your scene are at your shows. What did you? How did you feel about that personally? No, I I I
0: love. I was bummed when we lost kids when we took it when we took a chance doing a major label record. I was bummed that people didn't re- didn't realize. All they saw was like, we were on Cone O'Brien and you were on MCA Records. They didn't even listen to the lyrics. The lyrics were exactly the same. Maybe the record, me personally, I didn't like the way it sounded. It was too polished and I wish I had more part of it. My head wasn't in it when I was doing that whole major label thing was I let my brother Todd and Rusty kind of take the reins and I kind of don't regret it but I wish I was more involved in the writing process and that's on me but we were the same dudes I was still a straight edge vegan we were on Conan O'Brien wearing Madball and Scarhead shirts John Joseph was in the audience I was X'd up like we was was so about our roots and where we came from we wanted to represent that to the fullest on a different platform that yeah when we lost some kids it sucked but they came back and you know after a while like oh the record's not bad but that one Second, they hear even left epitaph or sell us. They wrote us off before they even heard the record. They review the record yeah. before they even heard it. So then, fast forward, we had a hiatus from the Go record. We made nothing to prove, and for us, that was the, that's my most favorite record ever. Actually, today's anniversary that record. It's my favorite record. I wrote every lyric on it, and that for us, I guess that's our comeback record because it was like an eight-year gap in between. And the Harker kids were there. They was they, they were there for us, and people love that record then now. But back then, it was just like. Like you said, like we found them first, and and I love and appreciate all the kids who at the first shows that stay with us until now. But it's like at the same time, like we were, we didn't want to make the same record over and over again. Like as us being trying to be creative and and being happy with what we were making, we wanted to be happy first. You know what I'm saying? Like you so can't, like, you can't do both, and you can't There's please. No way it, to you do can both. never please everybody. You can't. So yeah, it you was. Can't. I was sad when I saw shit people wrote about us. That was when the message boards first kicked off. Then at the same time I learned to be like, you know what, fuck it man, punk rock taught us, just like you. you you're you a punk rock kid and you play an acoustic guitar on the Snapcase H2O, that's punk as fuck. Whether it sounded like it or you look like it or at that moment people didn't get it, it was still you being yourself. And that for us, we prided ourselves on being ourselves, staying true to ourselves, not being afraid to let people know we love U2 and Madonna and Sade and this other types of music. Like, fuck it. And so I feel like that's kind of helped our longevity also is as people know that this is who we are. We're never taking ourselves too seriously. We're not the best musicians. We're about the music and the message. And we live the lyrics on and off stage. And fuck it. It's the best we can. It's, it's us. And so that was really hard. But looking back at it now, like nobody would ever say shit to your face. Ever and those same kids who were dissing you on the internet were probably at your show during that time. You know, it's I don't know, it's a hard spot. So I mean, I I was stoked when like having you see, remember you on that tour, like holy shit, this is the same kid, fucking on MTV. (laughs) I was so stoked. And then fast forward (laughs) to Vindicated, Spider Man. Those are my favorite movies. You know, like you being in that, that that was huge, man. I was like, holy shit, this handsome motherfucker. It was crazy. <laughs> it, it was crazy, but I knew. But I knew he came from hardcore, and I always loved when people came from our world, and 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 went to different places with it. Man, I don't know. I just, I always loved that and supported that. I never thought there was anything wrong with that. Man, like, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. Mean, uh, I would.
1: I would, say, I would say. in all fairness, I would say, let's be honest. I guess, like now, we know that the majority of the people supported us. It's yes. just the minority of people with, with with can sometimes have the loudest voice, and even if they don't, whatever voice they have, it can sting, and it really can sting.
2: Yeah, even
0: now, like even if like with the internet and shit, like you have like a thousand amazing comments, and then one negative one, and I'll be it would just it just bother my wife's Like, who gives a fuck? It's like one person you're never gonna see in your life makes one negative comment, and it sticks with you. It really. Because you care and you're so passionate about what you put out in the world, and because you live it, and this is your livelihood, and this is what you believe, just the one little thing, like a one message board back then, like you just it would just eat at you. But in in the grand scheme of life, it doesn't mean anything, dude. It doesn't matter, man.
1: You know? No, but it can serve. It can serve to remind you that, like, it can serve to remind you, like, these. If you're still affected by some negative comment, it just means you're still trying. And that's, I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's a, a one point plus too. you can take away from that. Yeah. That's
0: a good point actually.
1: Cause I get, I get pretty, I get pretty down about a negative comment and I don't get so many of them, uh, you know, compared to other bands and especially compared to like, you know, we're our, the emo section of our scene are like can kind of be the, uh, the, it's easy to put a tar- hit the target on that one. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, it's, we, we get, we get a lot of, we get a, we have a lot of support.
0: So much
2: love.
1: But when those, when those, when you get those ones that don't show love and it, it's, it's, it's hard not, it's, I think because we're artists and we're, we have serious, we're serious about the ethics we have also. And we're, we also, I think like you and I are two people that have like a real sense of, of justice in general, mm-hmm. what's right and what's wrong. And so when somebody hits that justice or injustice button, it just like, it's, it, there's no halfway. It's just on max. Yeah. It hits you on max, no matter what.
0: It's crazy. Like even like I'm 50, like you're 45 and 50 we are we're parents, we're doing this for like over 20 years. Yeah. It's just like little things. I don't know why I don't, and you shouldn't take it personal, especially from somebody you don't even know, but like, yeah, it's just it does sting a little bit. And, but you don't, but at that point you think about all the, all the positive and, the good things you've done. And this one person just wants your attention who freaking knows why, but my wife's always like, yo, you're a little pussy fucking move on. My wife calls me out all the yeah. time. Who cares? Yeah.
1: And, and they're right. You know, when my, when my wife does that too, they're, they're, <laughs> they're right, they're right. And like, we know that like we would say the same thing to our kids, Yeah. but when it's us, man, so it feels like it's only ever happened to us. Only you know us. I mean? There's no, yeah. you can share it, share the spirit of, of positivity with everybody. Yes. You don't really want to share the spirit of cruelty yes. with everybody. You just kind of like, you just put your arms around it and let's say like you're hopping on a grenade. Oh, I'm going to be the only one to feel this and no one has ever felt this before. I'm going to feel it all. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. But hey, you know, that's part of the art. I think that's part of the um, artistic mindset. It's just what it is. Yeah. So you're getting around it.
0: So so infidelity's blew up. Now you guys are, the biggest you've ever been at that, correct? Yep. And then you tore on that record for quite a while before the Spider-Man soundtrack, correct? Because that's 2004.
1: Yeah, so we, we, we had, uh, we made, um, let's see, there was, let's see, was there, Somebody okay, so that? it goes like this. So we had, we had yeah, we had um, Screaming Fidelities. It goes on, and just it like, it's starting to happen. I mean, it's happening like, kind of like wildfire. And in that time, I, I wrote what was called the so impossible EP, which is, which has an acoustic version of, of hands down gotcha. would later become one of our biggest songs. And on that, that whole experience was incredible on that, um, record Dan from sunny day came and joined me to, to play guitar, like extra guitar, like ornamental guitar, I guess lead guitar for what it's know, it's an acoustic record. I don't mean yeah. like raging solos, no. but, you know, real beautiful circuitous playing really beautiful stuff yeah. that he plays. And, um, and he's on a tour with us. So you got to think I'm like looking to my right. And there's a dude from sunny day. It's awesome. What are you kidding me? And you know, super <laughs> cool cerebral guy who, who taught me a lot of taught me a lot real quick about like what you're in for in the music business. Cause he'd been for a ride, you know, in yeah. Sunny Day real estate. And then, um, and then we go into, uh, uh Dan was just in for, a, for, a, you know, a few months of like basically a vacation, I guess. And, um, but then we go, then the band goes in. Now I have a band lineup, and we go in to make um, a Mark Mission, a Brand of Scar, which is our third record. And the first one that has like electric guitars. Nice. And Hands Down is on there and that blows up. I mean, it really blows up. And so that was already Bigger like, than Screaming. It already had a thing. Say again? Bigger than Screaming. Bigger than Screaming. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, you know, like Screaming was bigger on MTV. Okay. I mean, that's the big, that and Vindicated were the big ones on MTV. Yeah. But- Hands down, it, it definitely it definitely moved the ticker okay. on MTV for sure. But what it really did was like it was there, our galvanizing moment between two scenes. It was like the further part of the scene and the dashboard part of the scene yep. can, kind of came together in that moment. And we saw fans come back. Awesome. It's strange because it was our biggest sounding record. And I know people wanted just another acoustic record, by the way, which is what they're going to get next, mm-hmm. finally. But, um, but that they wanted that since the, since I made those first two records and I didn't, I didn't do that, but I, but they all kind of came back for this because somehow I found the great middle ground without trying and that, that, that album went platinum. I mean, I can't, I can't even conceive of that, you know, like it's on Vagrant Records. Um, they had partnership at that point with Interscope, which is a major. Yeah. Um, and so they had an ability to literally an, ab- uh, an ability to literally make more ver- uh, you know, copies of the of the yeah. CD, yeah. which they didn't have before. And they were able to have this great distribution chain. And so our records actually for the first time in these stores. Oh, wait, hold on. In between those, I made, I did the MTV Unplugged.
0: Oh, shit. So that okay. was,
1: that was a, that was probably the biggest, where Screaming was like a great setup. Yep. The, the, sc- the MTV Unplugged, that's that's what in that's what gave us the career we have
0: right now. Another probably. level, like how? Yeah, yeah. Because
1: we were the first. A couple things happened. We were the first band to do it. They had canceled. They had stopped making the show. Okay. And I don't think they'd made it in maybe ten years or something like that. Maybe it was less. I'm not quite sure. But they brought the show back essentially for us. And this is all because the guy who created the show just came to see us. Nice. Like, and while he was there, he was like, I, "I'm going to do another one." And we're, it's going to be this because what he saw with the way our crowd was singing along, yep. his name's Alex Colletti. Alex Colletti, amazing guy. Um, what Alex saw with that in our audience was what he'd always hoped he'd see in the audience of, of the Pearl Jam one and
2: the,
1: and, and Nirvana and every, every, every one of them. Now these are yeah. all performances that the performances of those bands eclipse ours, but I think our audience Participation eclipses everybody's. That's yeah. what Alex had always been hoping for. Huge sing-alongs, yeah. And he just, yeah. So he just he revived the thing. We're the only. I think we're still the only non-platinum band to ever be on MTV Unplugged. Wow. And we were we awesome. were seriously not platinum. I mean, I don't even mean, think we had a. Maybe we sold a hundred thousand, which is like indie
0: indie platinum. Yeah, that's know? huge. Back to, yeah, for sure.
1: Um, But the and then that fucking thing went platinum. Because that's the power of that moment of, wow. of this guy as a television producer, like making sure that whatever magical thing happens at any time is the thing he puts in the show. So he had just incredible foresight, and and without him, I don't think we would have then gone on to make our Godmark Commission Hat Hands now, now which would become like the calling card for us. Like we have never not closed with that song since it came out in 2003 wow. actually it came out on that ep in 2002 so set and since 2002 i don't think we've not closed with it and I mean, then that uh, says a
0: lot yeah it's huge
1: and then right on the heels of that you know like we're we're in there and we're like about to like choose the second single because we thought we're whoever knew there was such a thing as second singles yeah it's, it's amazing <laughs> and um that's when that's when the spider-man thing happened and so i wrote vindicated Wow, man. And they chose that as the single was supposed to be. "Audio um, sleep was, I think, supposed to be the the single. And I don't know whatever happened with that. Maybe they didn't deliver the song or chose to opt out or maybe it's on there. I don't actually know.
0: How'd that come uh, to you? But like I, how that...
1: So here it is again, man. It's our scene. So a woman named Leah Volek is that or was the head of. Music for Sony Pictures. Okay. So, I met Leah at CBGB's when I played. Holy shit. And she still lived in New York at that time. And she was awesome and I didn't know what she did. I was just like, this this woman is awesome. She's like a grown-up, but she's like, she started talking talk to her and she's like, you know, lo and behold, she used to, she toured doing Front of House for Richard Hell. Okay. For years. So I'm like, oh, Small so she's game. like a for real punk rocker. Yeah. And then she's in this position of being able to make choices like that and she liked our band and she was, liked our scene and she put some other bands like taking back sunday awesome. on the soundtrack and and she you know she said do you want to see the movie before it's done and i was like fuck yes <laughs> and i went and I went to Sony sony pictures and i watched the movie and the song i'd given her you know it wasn't tempting no music was in there or anything like that it wasn't vindicated i gave her a different song first okay and um I watched the movie. It was really exciting to see this thing because, you know, it was for a guy that grew up on comic books. Yeah. You know, I was watching S- Spider-Man 2, which is ar- inarguably one of the best, if not the best, superhero movies ever made.
0: Is that Tobey Maguire, and, right? Um, yeah. Killed it.
1: Yeah. It's the one with Doc Ock and stuff. Yeah. And, um, but, the, but the effects weren't finished. So you'd see, like, these completely rendered su- G- CGI effects suddenly – morph into just animation because they weren't done. There was all these placeholders. I can't believe I got to see it that way. So so cool. cool. Yeah. it's So cool. And, um, and I left and we, she's like, this is great. You know, it won't be the single, but you're on the soundtrack. Well, I was stoked. What more do you want? Yeah. I went to, went to do my shows. I did some in Australia did some in Japan. And then we ended the whole year or the, that whole tour in in Hawaii. We had a couple days. We were going to go surfing on the last day, um, last day off we had like three days off and then we had our two shows. And then the last day off we we're going surfing and I never got to, I never actually got to the beach because I woke up and I just spilled up vindicated. And then I demoed it all on my like really crummy old pro tools rig. Nice. And I sent it to her. I'm like, I, it's probably too late. Uh, but I think this would be a better song for the, for the movie. Uh, and I, uh, let me know what you think. She called me back two hours. She's like, can you record a better demo of this? I said, sure. So when we got to the oh, shit. sound check, we recorded it right off the desk, just played it live. I sent it to her again. She called me that night and she said, this is the single now. We'll have oh, you in the studio shit. on Tuesday. And uh, just uh, our only request is you do not change a note.
0: I just got goosebumps. I, That's
1: so crazy. Yeah, it was wild. And so the only thing that we did, and like in typical, typical like punk rock well, she said we couldn't change a note. We're going to change a note. Oh, shit. So we, we changed, like, <laughs> one note, and we changed the, the there's uh, there's there's what there's one note that starts off the bridge. It was a different chord, okay. and we changed that one. I don't know why we would do that, by the way, but we just, like, some <laughs> ah, of that shit, so shit, just is so ingrained <laughs> in you. I was like, they're giving us the keys to the kingdom here, but they said, uh, one condition, don't change anything of oh, the work you did. Yeah. Like, your thing. We don't want you to change it. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll show you. <laughs> so we changed the one one note and they didn't notice. They didn't notice, yeah. And, uh, Until now. and, they, and Yeah. And, but I couldn't believe it when they when she said, like, yeah, we want this song. I was like, great. I'm psyched. She's like, and it's a single. And I was like, what? And oh, I could shit. see, man. I could see, like, my life's not going to change, but no one will ever be able to take that away from me.
0: It's massive, dude. Holy. And so do you remember the first time you saw the movie? Did you go see the theater yeah, with yeah. the song in there?
1: I saw in the premiere. So I wow. we went to the, the premiere in LA and, and, uh, I remember we were like sitting with the actors, but like the, the Maroon 5 guys were behind us. And this is before they were like the giant pop sensation, Dude, yeah. you know? Um, they were just, they're pretty new. They had some hits and all that stuff, but they were pretty, they were, they're actually really nice guys. we toured with them a couple I of
0: times. I heard that. Yeah.
1: Um, They're, they're really super nice guys. And, uh, but it was, it felt good. Like I could turn around, like when the, when, when the song swells in, there's like a swell of a guitar sound. I just felt this hand on my two hands on on my shoulders. And it was one hand was James. The other was Adam. And they like, just kind of like leaned in there. Like you did it, buddy. I was like, all right. You know, I didn't really know those guys at all, but it was just like, it was a cool attaboy from somebody else. Who I knew understood the importance of like, having a break like that in your Mm -hmm. in your career
0: had anybody heard (laughs) the the song yet did it only come out in the movie first or it came out
1: it came out did it Uh, well so what happened was it wasn't out no 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 so hold on no one had seen it at the previews okay and when it was done like when it came on i was certainly excited but when the people around us started talking about the song not knowing who we were and they were being psyched. I was like, Ooh, this could, this, maybe I did. Maybe like we actually got away with one here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it was in a, it went on sale as the pre preview to the trailers came out. Shh. So it was on TV. And that was a like, kind of better than radio because, you know, like maybe the video would get, wasn't going to be out until the movie was out, but it was all over MTV anyway, because it was in the ads.
0: That's insane. And,
1: yes. um, and people were buying it on iTunes. And then we were, cause iTunes was a big thing then, you know? Yep. And then we went, and then we went out on the road and it ended up like real quickly becoming like this, you know, set ender, you know, a big point of a position of, of, of power in this, in the, in the set list, you know, before you walk off stage, it was just immediate. It was just one of those songs. Like even if it had been in Spider-Man, it was going to galvanize yeah. in our live show. Was it charting and stuff audiences. too
0: on the billboard and stuff?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow, um, man. It was, uh, at that point, it became our highest charting song.
0: Wow, man. So that's like three in a row, man. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, and that was that. I mean, we had like one or two like really poorly performing singles after that, and that was the end of us at radio. Since then? I mean, we've had like, yeah, since then, I think we've had, we've had this great, incredible career. Yeah, of no course. One, just like in the beginning. Does just to mirror the beginning of it, we have this incredible career in spite of really not being on the radio.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. That's like that was what it was all about for us growing up too, like the underground, all that. It's amazing. Yeah, so you like which
1: I, which I'll take any day.
0: Yeah, so that 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 put you guys in like main. That was pretty much mainstream. Right? That's mainstream. Spider Man movie, man, it's everywhere.
1: That's mainstream. That's mainstream. Yeah, there's no two ways about that.
0: So that's that was a hype. That was like almost like household name in a sense during that when the, all the that's crazy man it's just it's crazy right dude. so that
1: that's when you start playing these things like these radio festivals you know oh, like yeah the, the uh like the the john's in the park and things with weird names like the kerfuffle and things like that you know um the radio stations put on their summer and winter festivals that aren't the same in any way to the europe festivals we're all used to Yep. and um and i had to call chad gilbert and be like what do i what do i do for these sick like, oh man, basically you grip it and rip it and get
2: mm.
1: out of there. And so that was like helpful to know, like, oh, okay, we can, we can go up there. Good Charlotte guys. I called them and like, what do we do? when we're at these things. They're like, Oh, nothing. You do your show. Was well, like, and you guys like, are oh, radio so
0: bands. You guys in radio, like top, like big bands and stuff. Like, top 40 Yeah. Bands? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So like we're playing with like cold play.
0: Oh and, uh, shit. Really? Things
1: like that. So Damn. yeah. So like we, like we have no business being there whatsoever. And, um, and you, you know, what do you, like, I didn't know what to do. And, and I was like, okay, so cool. So how do you, so I'd be like, so, you know, in my classic fashion of like every show council, I'm like, so how do you win them over then? Like, what's, what, where, where, where do you find in yourself guys? And they're like, Oh, nothing. You, you don't win them over. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're here for the, they're, they're here for the beer, the free t-shirt um, and the one band they think is cool. And um, like, you just, you know, the radio station will be happier here. You'll be happy you were here. You'll be surprised how much fun it could be, and um, like just take that thing off your shoulders. Like you're not going to win them over.
0: Wow! And did and, they, did they and sing and you vindicated? know what? I don't think you do. <laughs> did they just sing that one song?
1: You go out and you sing like three songs sometimes. Sometimes you have a full set. Yeah, plenty of times you have a full set. But there's a, the ones that are weird are the ones where you're like, okay, we're like, we've got 15 minutes, and it's like the early days. That's fine. Yeah. But but here you've got 15 minutes. But they want your full production or Jeez. a full production. Yeah. So, you know, you've got like big video screens or light screens and you've got you've got uh, incredible lighting and you are supposed to get your you know the, the best sounds and like everything's mic'd up perfectly and the whole thing, but you have three minutes to set up and fifteen minutes play and three minutes to break down. Jesus so me. how do you do it? Yeah you know? And like we're still like doing the setup ourselves in that day. Like we didn't really get a full road crew crew until after we probably after we needed it, you know, well yeah. after we needed it.
0: That's insane, man. That's like this. Seems like those things happened pretty fast. Like two thousand two to two thousand four. All that it was just those three years. Was like all the big songs, man. It's crazy, man.
1: Man, it was a learning experience for sure. There was every there was a lesson every day. It was hard to keep up. It was we were exhausted. I was exhausted. I I never went home. I I went home um, every year. Every year for three years, I was home from probably. December 15th to January 15th, maybe, and wow. then back out again.
0: Were you married then or anything or no?
1: No, was, like, I had a, just a, a condo that my, me and my brother lived in. Nice. Uh, my brother Nick and I lived in, and uh, that, that, was kind of, that was it. That was, my, that was my life, you know? Yeah. So it was okay. Yeah. It was okay to be gone like that. I mean, my, my place was covered because my brother was there. Yeah. Um, I missed my friends like crazy. I was pretty much single for the, at that time. Married to the road at that time. Yeah. Married to the road and I, I didn't know much else. I was I was losing touch with my friends, which I didn't like. Um but but they made a huge effort in understanding the bizarre nature of my daily clock. And yeah. uh, and they stayed they stayed committed, like you know, kept calling, kept calling. Good friends, you know.
0: Yeah, did it feel surreal s- during those times?
1: Yeah. 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 That whole that whole thing is a washy memory. Hmm. Um, it it's a good memory for the most part. But I was tired. I was probably cranky. I wonder if I had some bad days where people were like, "Oh, that guy wasn't cool." Hmm. Um. I'm sure. I'm sure I did. Because I, I don't think I've found too many things that were exa- as exhausting in my life as those t- couple of years. Yeah. Uh,
0: did you enjoy? But, it? you, know, you were, did you have fun while you loved it, it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I loved
1: it. I loved it. I, I'm a, I'm addicted to the work. I'm addicted to work in general. Yeah. Um but i i liked i liked that this work more than i can imagine liking any other work so mm-hmm. yeah i enjoyed it and like you know there wasn't any time to like relish in the hey look let's face it like I, there's some people that like the the music is cool and the, being on the stage is cool and all that stuff but it's all the stuff that happens after the show that's amazing mm-hmm. you know the 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 the, the people flocking to you, the, the the substances you might get. Rock and into roll like yeah sh- adventures that you might have. And all for me it was like every part of the day before and after were incidental, but the show was was the I agree. Was, there's nothing gonna beat this period of my nothing. day ever. I agree. And the- so I, I savored it.
0: That's awesome. And did you feel like you, did it did it get to your head like not not, not feeling like you were huge to get your head mentally like like What's happening? Holy shit! Or were you you scared? Were you nervous? Or you felt like, oh shit, this is? Did you feel like this is how it's going to be for like forever? This is my career now. Like I'm, anything like that? Or
1: I think that like I I thought here was the big mistake I had in thinking. I thought if we got a little bigger, things would get easier. Mm. I thought we were like I thought things were so hard because we were still on this grind. Yeah, and and I didn't want to get bigger. Like I never was never before that did I have this like, oh, if we just could be bigger. Like I was always happy with where we were. And all I wanted to do was have the chance to earn more fans. But that didn't necessarily in my head, like I didn't connect those dots to being a bigger band. Yeah, I thought that meant having more people at the shows. But that's not what I meant by a bigger band. Yeah, I thought if we were a bigger band, like maybe something like the killers that were just like everybody knows about them and they're like everything's. You know the show you're going to get is going to be perfect, and mm-hmm. and and it's going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And we did get big; we got like arena size. It's crazy, man. You know, we sold out Madison Square Garden. Wow! But you know, coming from CBGBs and below CBGBs, Insane. you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, and Damn. um, and you know, our first New York play was in Hicksville. Way still... know, kids, that doesn't count. You know what <laughs> I
2: mean?
0: Yeah, I know Hicksville. Really you ever well. take a train out to Hicksville, bro? That's a <laughs>
1: long train. Um, so. You know, the, the, the truth was that I thought that, you know, now the next step is getting even bigger. And then all this strain of work that is keeping me from having any kind of life at all will go away. And I'll be able to have all the things. I'll be able to have reaching more people, but have time to actually connect with the people too. Yep. And that's not the case, man. It just didn't, ha- one, it didn't happen. And two, there is no, there is no having both by getting bigger there's lose, there's just losing more and more mm-hmm. of the, of the other part. And yeah. You just, you're just bigger and there's more demand. So now I've, I've like, I, instead I, I, found a way to reel it back some and um some is through choice and some is through time, you know? Yeah. And, and now I have like, yeah, we, our shows are something that I can enjoy every piece of from the moment I wake up to the moment I collapse in bed after this exhausting day. And I never miss I almost never miss a call or a text or, or a DM or anything like that now mm-hmm. from my friends because yeah, I love that. because I found that I found the balance I, I and I couldn't have had a family I couldn't have had a marriage I couldn't have had these things during that time I, it would have I would have had to have stopped or I mean one of the two of the things was going was going to collapse if I had tried to do it at the same time.
0: Yeah, we we lived in Florida this whole time during all that? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I moved to New York No, I was living in New York. I guess about
0: halfway through. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, Brooklyn, Manhattan.
1: I lived in uh, like the West Village, like Greenwich Village.
0: And so, when did you end up moving to Nashville?
1: So let's see. I've lived here for six. Let's see, at least six years, maybe seven years.
0: Did you come? You went from New York to Nashville.
1: No, I went back to Florida first. Oh, nice! Um, I wanted to reconnect with the further guys. It's awesome. Um,
0: Your roots. It's one awesome. of my,
1: I had a ailing family member that we thought we needed to be close to. Gotcha. Um, and so, uh, and I, I felt you know, the, but this is the slowdown. I need. I need. Yeah. To, I need to back up off the road. I need to not make a record for a while. That while ended up being like eight years, kind of like you guys did. Yeah, yeah. That big gap.
0: Yeah. Hiatus. I didn't
1: expect that, man. I really didn't expect that, but it turns out you just you, you, sometimes you you need you don't expect what you need.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Get inspired, like, all it, that decompress from the road, all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was gonna just make some fabricate, you know, like some facsimile of, of of the kind of records I made before, instead of something that I actually felt value of. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I moved down to Florida for couple of years and um enjoyed reconnecting with my home and yeah and um reconnecting with my people and then then we all started talking about nashville together um between you know chad chad was living in la with you yeah um and he was talking about moving here and then two of the further guys were talking about moving here and a couple more guys and then we've then the, some guys from out of town, like Bayside, and save, some of the Saves the Bay guys, yep. some of the Offspring guys, yep. um, they are we're talking about moving here. Even the Corn guys were talking about moving here, who I didn't know, but I knew through nice. people. And um, and I was like, oh wait a minute. So I I think I would do well in a community that is 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 uh, populated by people that do this kind of work. Yep. That understand like. Hey, that guy's going to be gone for two months, but when he's back, he's back and we'll just pick up right then. Cause mm-hmm. that's what they do too. Yeah. And then like one, one thing I find about being here is that it's not just musicians that have that kind of s- strange factor in their life of so much travel, because there's a lot of insurance here and people have to tra- travel a lot. And these big insurance companies and then Nissan's headquarters are here and they have to go back to Japan. Like the, most of the staff have to go once or twice a year for extended periods. Gotcha. So, so it's not at all like abnormal for like a friend, you know, even if he's not in your, in our, in our world, Mm -hmm. to just like kind of have to like pick up and go and you're not going to see him for a month or her for a month. Yeah. And, um, and they, so they, so, so, you know, the the fact that I was like picking up and moving, but with my network of friends to a place that we're going to understand our lifestyle a little bit better. Yeah. I, it, it was a great move. I mean, we, awesome. we heavily considered California, but the fact that my friends in California, like Chad, we're all going to move here. I was like, well, that's halfway.
0: <laughs> Might yeah. as well just
1: go there first and see how it works.
0: Yeah. I heard great things about Nashville, man. So many great things.
1: It is pretty great.
0: You missed, you miss Florida. Do you miss New York? Or yeah, I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I, to be quite honest, I miss New York more than I miss anything. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to not be there after having lived there, and I'm a Northeasterner at heart, no matter what. Yeah, uh, I'm like a tri-state kid. Yeah. Um, but um, as a matter of fact, I think when all is said and done, I'll probably end up there. But I miss Florida. I'm there a lot. My family's there, so yeah. my mom and my brother are there. So I'm I'm there a lot. Um, if my friends hadn't grown, had had, if more of my friends had grown up and stayed there, I'm, I'm sure I'd probably end up. I probably would have had a tougher time leaving. But yeah. when I got back, most of them were gone to different points. You know, everybody spreads mm-hmm. out. Yeah. It's the way it goes.
0: And then when, when, when did you become a, a dad?
1: Um, I, let's see. Who can even remember?
0: <laughs> How many kids you have?
1: Uh, I've got two kids. have got nice. a boy and a girl.
0: Awesome. It's amazing, right?
1: It's the best thing then. It really is truly the best thing. And they're, uh, they're, they're fascinating people. These yeah. kids, you know, mm-hmm. watching them grow up and trying to guide them through life and try not to fuck them up. Totally, seems like a, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty it's the hardest job you're ever gonna have, and it's the best one.
0: It is, man. It's yeah, it's life changing. Everything, every day, is something different. The different chapter. I might mean, only have one, but like the different chapters, the ages, and just everything you talk about, and everything is just. Yeah, it's my son 17 now. It's he's an LA kid and I grew up in Hollywood. It's weird cuz I'm from the East, moons from ch- Midwest. It's just balancing all that, you know.
1: Yeah, it's it's I, I'm 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 pretty lucky with these kids that they're like they don't they have an appreciation for the way I grew up even though they're brought up differently.
0: Yes. Yes. And I'm I'm
1: I'm I'm lucky for that. You know, we've grew, driven by the apartment building I grew up in and stuff and they're like, "Wow, that's where you lived." And I'm like, "Yeah." like wow like so what you know like tell us about you know trying to explain like how my brothers and i like rotated in it we only had there's three of us but only two beds yeah so so we had to like rotate who got to sleep on the had to sleep on the floor and we had a schedule and the whole bit you know and um you know it's just like they're they're that that reality isn't their reality but they're not like entitled or anything like that we're just like hey man we're just I think people have this misconception of people of, of, of anybody that has no some some success in the public forum like like mm-hmm. I have but you know we're just like we're showbiz middle class you know it's mm-hmm. like there's this we're not these the, there's no jet in on my <laughs> pro- <laughs> property you know what I mean yeah. so uh, i don't mean to say that we're like living some vaulted life it's just compared to what i came up in it's it's, yeah. it's a better situation for them yeah. but i i always worried that like oh man like do you need the hardships to come up and you know what it turns out life hands you just enough shit no matter what your circumstances are that you're gonna you're gonna find a way to be a powerful thinker and affect change in 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 the world
0: yeah do you feel like being a punk rock kid like definitely helped you as far as like how your parenting is too is like your ethics and your beliefs oh yeah 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 totally
1: oh yeah like i mean it like there's no question that like when you know when we were talking earlier, I was talking about how you know the seen big brothers and sisters, you know, like yes. the people that were just a few years older than you, you looked up to, right? But then it was your turn. Yeah, you know, you became like a seen kind of elder, mm-hmm. you know, at at seventeen, you know, whatever yeah. it is, you know, and and you're like Old fostering school. the next, you're yeah, you're fostering like the next group and the way that they're going to think about stuff, and, mm-hmm. and you're trying to give them the best. Info, all the best information so that they can make the best best choices but you learn real quick that you can't make their choices for them yeah and and you shouldn't and you shouldn't and that's i think something that uh that i took from there directly to parenting
0: yeah are you a strict parent
1: yeah um well it no i mean there's not like crazy rules and stuff like yeah. that but there's there's a sense of respect in this household mm-hmm. uh, that's mutual all over the place. So I love that. I think we're the, the kids have never put me in a position where I have to be uh, um, egregiously strict, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm willing to, if they do. Yeah, yeah. 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 Were your,
0: were your parents like that too or no? Uh,
1: my mom was, see, here's the thing, man. My mom, like I was grounded for like years if I didn't like, I literally was grounded for, like, my whole, I think, sophomore year. Maybe it was my junior year. And it's just all based on grades. Damn. My behavior was fine, but I, like, I was slacking at school. Once I turned that around, it fine. And if I wasn't grounded, I had no curfew. I had awesome. no rules that said I couldn't go out at night. Mm-hmm. I had to have a job. I had to have good school. I had to have good grades. And she was then confident that I would make better, I'd make good de- decisions with my life. And she trusted me. She gave me a.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She trusted me. She showed me that trust. She gave me a lot of, tr- a lot of rope, and I was, I was real intent on not losing that trust. And I loved. I think that she was great in that, and I borrowed that from her, my mom. Awesome. I think she was great in in understanding the power that trust gives the person who's being trusted. Yeah. Like, this is this is my thing to win or lose. Yeah. And 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 I was I was. Um, I had so much freedom. I mean, I was able to go all these shows. I mean, I was like, you know, I think I was sixteen on my first tour, and I. So cool. She had to sign like a conservatorship over to the yeah. a guy in the band. It was over twenty one, so I could go across state lines. That happened like, in Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah,
1: and I couldn't go in the bars mm-hmm. to actually play, or if there was a bar in the venue, I could not go in until we played. Yeah. And it had to leave, which meant I didn't have to load anything, so that was cool. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Just had to pack the van, but anyway, you know, the, and you know, like I was like, that's I, I remember saying to my mom, like, that's genius, you know, that was a genius bit of parenting because it gave me this real world experience, yeah. and so on, and so so on, and so on, and so so on. And she's like, yeah, but also like I didn't have to deal with you for whole summer. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so she bought herself a vacation from painting the ass
0: son you know yeah but she trusts you to do it so it, you, your son like you're in this skateboarding <laughs> and this weird punk rock music that looks really crazy from an outside perspective unless you're involved in it but to have that trust to be able to go on tour and be involved in music it's pretty awesome it, it shows what kind of relationship you have with your mom that's awesome yeah
1: she also like would dive headlong into the music too which i don't think a lot of parents will do she listened to it so like yeah she wow. listened to it she, she'd be like she'd be like all right put on you know we get in the car put on your music we get in the house put on your music and then she would pick the one she liked i'd find her listening to stuff no way you know like I'm, the one that comes to mind right now is like jimmy Eat world and i don't mean jimmy Eat world, like super popular jimmy Eat world mm-hmm. i mean like you know uh static prevails and clarity before they had their like big moment okay you know and i was insane about this band and she just really loved them she said she likes them more than dashboard
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she's been to your shows right all, all the bands you've been in Oh, yeah. It's awesome, man. Uh,
1: You know what? That's a good question. I don't know that she's, I don't know that she ever saw my other bands. Yeah. But she saw Dashboard. You know, I think that, I think she stayed away for the purpose of like, man, this is not a place that you want to have to bring your mom. Yeah. But I'm here for you, supporting you in every other way. Yeah. But like, you don't bring your mommy to go see your punk rock show, you know, or maybe you do, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think her attitude was like, no, this is yours, man. This is yours. When it became my career, she wanted to see what was happening uh, for herself. She's probably and, so snooty, yeah. She couldn't believe she couldn't believe it. She couldn't
0: yeah. believe it. Yeah. What? What about? What, I think
1: what, she, she was proud of herself too, by the way, and she should be. Should be.
0: What about what about your pops? Was you really not in the picture? Like I think no, your parents got divorced. Yeah. Yeah. Not a
1: picture. Like he was gone. He walked out when I was like three. Wow. And um, I think my Sorry. brother was my brother was like a week old. Uh, I don't know it's not. It's never been a thing that affected me. I had a gotcha. incredible stepdad mm-hmm. uh, uh, when I my when I think I, they got married when I was a tween or early teen. Yeah. And um, and then he uh, they got they got a they got a divorce while I was still in high school, but it was a real cordial thing and everybody stayed in each other's lives and, you know, okay. like my stepbrother from that, from that marriage is my, is my brother in all respects, you know, everything that counts. Awesome. And, you know, we never lost touch and I still in touch with my stepdad and that's great. And, um, you know, like a, a nice p- positive, clean break. You yeah, know? yeah. The way if it's got to end, this is the way kind of the way it should end.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Do you have, um, couple more things. Do you have do you have any regrets in your life?
1: No, I've got so many regrets. I love when people say they have no, rec- yeah, no regrets. Yeah, it's happened a couple I times in me. I'm like, really? No regrets? I mean, I've got too many to list. I would change so many so many things. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know. Like, you know, I could say that I don't know. There, I can generalize because it's hard for me to get down to specifics when asked because I'm washed over with the thousands of regrets I have. Mm. But I wish that I had, like, I wish I had known how to communicate better when I was in Further Seems Forever or in bands when I was younger. I wish I understood how to walk through life without, um, under, with an understanding that, like, my point of view isn't right just because it's mine. Mm, you know, I, I love think that, so, too. That, that, that shit you don't learn until you're a little bit older. Yeah. You really could, boy, it could have been really much more useful when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and I, I was, and I, I mean, I, I kind of regret a lot of chances. I, I, I think I regret the chances I didn't take more than the outcomes of the chances that I did take that didn't work out.
0: I got that too. That makes sense too. Yeah, it's crazy because yeah, I definitely had a few in my life for sure. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we gotta. I think the regrets, like you said, or the regrets, any regrets we ever had, like we've um move beyond that in in a much better way than if i, I don't know i know how to say it, fucking knows but i know what you're saying though um yeah. yeah you consider yourself an optimist or pessimist
1: i i don't consider myself one or the other because i i go through ranges of both go through yeah. ranges of both it's like situational mm-hmm. and uh and I wish I, was, I wish I was one or the other. I feel like it'd be easier to get a handle on it. I think I'm a realist.
0: That's what my wife, is. Would, that's what my wife calls yeah. herself, yeah.
1: I think when, when you say a realist, people think that's pessimism. But I don't think it is. No. Nah. I think I just face the thing that really is the problem or is a problem and, and kind of like, yeah, this is real. i got to deal with it.
0: Deal with it head on. And yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think when I get the brunt of a situation that's like, all right, how are you going to view this thing? I guess initially I view it like a pessimist. Like, oh, this is, I got to fix this. Mm -hmm. As opposed to thinking somehow this will be fixed on its own. But see, to me, that's a realist.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You you get along. My my wife's very much like that too. She always calls herself that too. She deals with shit. Yeah. She just speaks. Yeah. Um, Do you have any daily rituals?
1: Well, I've gotten rid rid of so many. I don't do my coffee ritual anymore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I have I have da- daily rituals. I I um. I mean, I've been doing the same. Like, I I probably have warmed up my vocal vocals like every morning for without missing a day for the past decade or so. With the even not on, wow, amazing,
0: yeah, even not on tour? Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, even not on tour, not on tour.
1: Yeah, and um, Smart. I, I I warm up on guitar doing the same. You know, I do the same long skits. It's about an hour to warm up my voice. An hour to warm up on guitar. Even if I'm not gonna use it that day. Well what if I am? That's
2: mm-hmm.
1: kinda how I look at it. Every day you do and that. Then I uh, wow I do it every day. And then I then I um, I exercise every day. Uh, I've got a routine and a weekly routine that goes between running, cycling, weightlifting, Sick. stretching. <clears throat> and um Excuse and then me. the other I guess the uh, you know the the rest of the routines are are based around family, and so yeah. that you have to be a lot less rigid about, right? Because like you're not in charge, even though you're the fi- you, even though you're you know, f- figuratively in charge because you're a parent. Like you, you, you're just like, yeah, I've got my hand on the rudder, but I can't control the water.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that, especially now too. And you're like locked down with your family. You're not leaving and coming back, and you do it. Like, all that's <laughs> super important, man. Balancing all that, man. Yeah. Have you ever ran a, ran a marathon before?
1: Uh yeah. Oh wow. The South Beach one.
0: Awesome. So you love running?
1: I love running and I love cycling after the first twenty minutes. Yeah. I hate it with everything in my soul for the first twenty minutes. <laughs> and then and then I love it from there on.
0: Did you uh you do yoga too or no?
1: I do yoga sparingly. I'm 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 really like rigid and not as flexible in some areas of my body like my my left leg my left leg's actually a little shorter than my right leg oh wow and so like that gives me a little trouble and then also these all these skateboard injuries that i have in my legs um are, are lingering and i find if i commit to the yoga thing or the stretching thing i can continue uh i can continue it like without to getting into a place where it's just like I'm doing it and not yeah. like suffering it. Yeah. But once I, if I even take like two days in a row, i have to go back to the suffering. <laughs> so I've never been able to get to that mindful place that everybody goes to. Yeah. So, cause it's like so much to me, it's, it's so much physical resistance. Um, but like anatomical resistance, but the, but, but I get there cycling and, 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 and run it. That's I cool. get to that mindful place like, like where everything fucking goes away, except for maybe the one thing you need comes in and out like, oh, this is the one thing that I'm I'm worried and it's cascading into all these tangents. But actually, the crux of it is this one thing. Mm. And I, I, I notice that I'll keep circling back to one thing as, yeah. a, as, you're, as you try to clear your mind. And then I just think on it for a little while and then it just kind of goes away. And boom, for a brief period there, I'm I'm not thinking about anything.
0: That's, it's amazing. I like to do that. Try to clear my head. It's hard sometimes, but yeah, I definitely exercise. All that stuff helps. Even going for walks. Have, when you've been running, have you been wearing a mask? It, I tried. It's so hard, dude.
1: I can't do it. It's hard. Can't it, I, can't but breathe, so I man. Yeah. So, so for a while I was just doing the treadmill, which is like, it's fine, but you know, it's also not, it, it also keeps you from getting to that place. Mm-hmm um you're getting healthy exercise but you're not getting the, the other piece of your mind to unfold open up maybe some people do but i yeah. have trouble on the treadmill yeah me too. so i find that if i go to like maybe a like a, it's a, easier here to find like a rural or less dense area of town yeah and and not encounter anybody and then i'll take the mask off there yeah and uh and run it's like you're I mean, you talk about the six feet rule. Like maybe you're maybe you're a hundred feet from a horse or something like
0: that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, running with a mask is is brutal, man. I don't know how people do it. Like expect you to do it, but I tried so many times and just I'm like dying, dude. I just can't breathe in it. It's hard, man.
1: Yeah, it's it's. But do you, um do you have like new rituals now that just specific to the kind of world we've been living in the last three months?
0: Yeah, I started doing push ups. so. <clears throat> I started doing a hundred pushups a day and now I'm at 200 a day. And on my 50th birthday, I did 50 in a row, which I've never done in my entire life. I've never been That's
1: well, man. Pushups is so hard. Man.
0: I know, man, but I love it. I love how I feel after. Um, I'm trying to exercise more. Like we, redid my garage into like a gym. We got a new pull up bar and dips bar I'm trying to do that.
1: Yeah. I saw the picture of that. I was jealous.
0: Thank you, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was really fun to do. I guess coffee. I guess I'm, I guess I'm on coffee life now. That's something, um, yeah, I'm trying to take walks by myself, trying to like, I don't know, man. Maybe I've been writing more stuff. I'm trying to like write a book, like an auto, I guess an autobiography, I guess. I'm just trying to just write stories and stuff about my life and maybe put it together, maybe do something with it. I don't know yet. I I'm doing know. that too. Oh, you are? Oh, that's awesome. Just write yeah, a journal? I'm
1: do- yeah, I'm, I'm writing it out in free form and figure I'll have to just go, go through and find the chronology of it all and see yeah. what doesn't fit, what does fit. And, and I, That's cool. I think there's even odds that this thing never sees the light of day in terms of ever getting off my computer. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm really enjoying the process of, of getting it's therapeutic, it therapeutic, right? I'm not even... Yeah, it is therapeutic. So like for me, it's just like this therapeutic, satisfying in, in endeavor. Okay. Whether anybody ever reads it or not is of less consequence to me.
0: I like that. I, I definitely feel like... I talk about this all the time and I got to do it one day, but I definitely feel that music's been so therapeutic just writing songs i definitely think that me and my mom and my three brothers need therapy after my dad died when i was younger it's definitely fucked us all up the rest of our lives and i feel like if i just write shit about my life i feel so much better man just like even if besides just music and lyrics just writing stuff on a piece of paper it's it just i don't know man it just feels so good like you said if nobody ever gets to see it or i even read it after i write it just to have it written somewhere it's just it's just getting it out you know
1: it's funny you should say that, you know, part of the impetus for me to start writing this this book was I started before the pandemic, um, but to come back to it now and be like, oh, let's see what else is, is living in my head. Mm. Um, but my, my therapist uh, stopped didn't stop taking appointments uh, personally okay. um, right away. And so I didn't feel real comfortable going there, having just been in New York. I was in New York the night they closed it down and I was like, oh, okay, wow. yeah. This is this is really, really real. Yes. And it never hit Tennessee or has yet to hit Tennessee the way it sit there. Okay. So people here because you only know what you know, right? You know, yep. only know what you're exposed to. So they see the things on the news, but that's not happening here. So they're a little bit more lax. Totally understand. Yeah. Um, but I'm operating under the conditions that I've seen. So I'm not I'm not willing to go and sit in his office that I a place I savor and that helps me so much. And what's the trade-off going, you know, like not, not getting better or maybe getting worse. So instead I started digging into the, the, the book. And at least it has a place for that to go. You know,
0: I love that. Do do you think I was saying this yesterday, like we're healthy, we got families, we have our careers, we have music, like we're not, like we're not struggling. Like we're, we're, we're okay right now. um, But there, and, and, and we're, I don't know how to say it, but it's like, and I don't know really what depression, what depression, I know what it is because I've been there before, but do you feel like it's, it's mentally just on us personally because we are musicians because like, obviously my wife's working from home. My son's going to, uh, taking Zoom school. They're doing their shit, but I'm kind of lingering, not knowing. And I feel like as much as I, like I said, I feel healthy and I'm happy and I'm lucky to be where I'm at, that it's, it's a, it's a mental fuck a little bit. Like just, it's it's weighing on you, right? Like, even though like if you're good right now or who long who knows how long you're gonna be good for as far as financially both of us, whatever, regardless, like just the not knowing, I feel like it's definitely like it's weighing on me. And I'm not really showing it to my family. I'm just kinda like they know that like all my shit's been cancelled. But I'm really just like, Holy shit, like what when's it gonna happen? Like, does you think that's weighing
1: on you? a lot it's weighing on I me mean, intensely man intensely and i don't want to i don't want to walk through life with the uh black cloud i don't want to be the yes the the guy that says i when i don't want to have a an, the real answer when people are like how you doing be man the world the sky's falling but yeah. the sky's kind of falling for me you know mm-hmm. and um and but there is literally nothing i can do so instead of being instead of uh letting that like strain and worry spill over into every other aspect of my life and my social relationship of my social life, my relationships with friends. uh, Yeah. I'm funneling it into this kind of healthy uh, exercise of, of writing this book. And now the big question I keep being asked is like, Oh, so, Oh, you must be writing. And they mean music. You must be writing your ass off. And I'm not at all because I write what, When I, when I, my my chance to write comes when, well, first of all, I I did just write a record and I usually take time off because I don't want to just write the same record by accident.
0: Exactly. You want to get, yeah, re-inspired, all that stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah. But, but also like, man, it's hard for me to write a record unless it's like, oh, I can reflect on things that have happened. When things are happening that need to be dealt with, it's really hard to get into a place of like, well, let me, let me write about this thing that's happening now. How can I write about it if I haven't processed it?
0: Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, I'm still. Everybody
1: wants to do a side project, and I want to do them too. I'm so excited about all these like little band projects I might have that have been presented to me, but I also have got to be like true to like the artist inside me, and not just like the guy that knows I can craft something, you know, because I have enough practice.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I'm just kind of like frozen right now. I'm not really. I'm, I'm living and and. Like I'm saying, we're gonna go hiking today, they're gonna get out and get into real life and mask up and all that stuff. I'm living, but I also feel like until I know, like, I have something confirmed and I'm gonna be playing a show and it's definitely happened and I can look forward to it, it's hard when you have nothing not to look forward to because just living we we look forward to living every day What all that but speaking from a musician which you understand is like not having something on your calendar having all your shit canceled and moved back like you said your records postponed all these tours everything you didn't tour all last year because you were going to do focus on the 20 years this year and now that's gone it's just hard to get mo- not not motivated it's just hard to maybe get inspired i, I don't know it's just it, well, there's, it's there's like
1: there's a level of fear that permeates yes. what's going on and there's Skeptical. a level level of like um doubt like could they really ever bring this back of course they will but you know what the truth is it'll be like it'll be as we sit here now we know it'll be later than we want it yes and when it comes back and they tell us it's coming back the first thing we're going to think is like is that too soon Mm. so it's a it's going to be a tricky thing to navigate
0: yeah and will people come? But, will they be scared? Is it like anybody going to show up?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. But I guess I guess we have... Uh, we know that you... I know that you are going to go to shows. I know that I'm going to go to shows. Yes. And so I just kind of trust that other people are going to do that too. Will there be less people? Of course, at first. And will there have to be? Yes. And and when there doesn't have to be, there probably will still be less. But, but there'll be... But people will need this as much as they did before. Maybe even – they might even need it more I would than say, they did I would before. Say, I would
0: say way more. And I, I like what Milo said. Milo, well, Milo was like, I'm kind of nervous about putting, you know, Descendants fans in a situation where they could get sick. Like he, he's nervous about moving forward and being responsible for that to happen to them. And, and who wants to play with like a 20-foot barricade? you know what I mean? Have no connection to the fans just to play because you want to fulfill something you want to play and the, and the fans are way over there. I don't know. It's just, there's so much to think about.
1: Yeah. We have a, we have a positional responsibility in that.
0: Yeah. And like from from for me and for you, I'm sure for you too, like, we're like germ collectors at least i hand the microphone out i collect people's spit they give it back to me i sing on the same mic we're sweating on each other there's so much shit being passed and at the same time i've talked to a lot of my musician friends like hey we've traveled so much slept on floors played shitty girls venues all this stuff he goes maybe musicians have i know i know musicians have been affected by it but maybe our immune systems are just a tad bit stronger because we've have been through all these Gross venues and all the traveling we've done in airplanes. Man, and... I hadn't
1: thought about that. I had never thought about that. But Just... that that has to be true on some level. You know what I mean? Whoa!
0: Yeah. Like, am I going to make like a a microphone condom for the shows and cover my mic so nobody sp- Like, I don't. Know. Do I want to play the drive-in and sit in the car and watch my favorite band in the car? I don't know if I'm going to do way. that. I don't want to do no that. I don't want to do that, man.
1: So we gotta wait. That's it. We gotta wait
0: okay last two questions for you we've been almost three hours and i'm fucking so psyched i'm so jacked in coffee um what would be your top favorite skaters or skate trick
1: oh man um my top favorite skaters i know you said matt hensley um, matt hensley's one of them here you go matt hensley's one of them dylan reader was one of them he's gone uh rest in peace uh, rest chris in peace. cole Probably that's my, my dude. He's ever. the best, dude. Probably he loves your band ever.
0: too. Is that your friend too? Yeah, that's the homie. Yeah, he is now. I love like Chris, That's dude. after
1: years of me just. I mean, I only found that out after I'd already been totally devoted to him forever. Dude, he loves uh, your band.
0: He loves all, dude. He's amazing human, dude.
1: He, he's a sick dude. He's the greatest guy. Right, Chris um, Cole's in there. Chris Cole, Sean Malta. Um, I would say. Yeah, Sid Hensley, Red Course, Mike Valley.
0: Ooh, he's ill too. What about um, any eighties any cats, like from the Bones Brigade stuff, like that, or not?
1: Yeah, man, um, Cavalero. Yeah, the best. I dude. mean, I even like, I even like buy all of his motorcycle gear for my motorcycle. Oh, stuff. that's cool. Yeah, he's I've got, amazing. I mean, literally every everything he puts out for dirt bike stuff, I buy.
0: That's cool. He's like,
1: I love that he crosses those two worlds, and I do too.
0: Have you met him before?
1: Oh, briefly, man, at a war, at a lot. Wait, warp tour. Like standing on stage to watch, walk- watch Blink on the side stage, nice. and he was there. And I went up so sheepishly to say hello. And he's such a <laughs> warm, nice he's guy. So sweet, man. And uh, and um, and he was just yeah. Th- that was my brief one. And then I say, tied up there for the last spot. Our uh, Daywon song and and Rodney Mullen.
0: Ooh. and that's
1: not a spot that's not a ranking of in order yeah of, yeah it? for sure yeah because those guys in terms of skill are probably the top
0: dude rodney um, mullen per willander the freestyle shit i was a freestyle kid too like incredible man dude
1: i mean and when he turned to street skating when he when he got a full deck and just yeah showed everybody like any doubters that were like well yeah you can do that on that little skinny board but what about a real skateboard that's not a real skateboard and he was just <laughs> like oh sure let me just let me just show you what skateboarding is going to be did you Ten you years from now you'll catch up
0: he's a super genius do you saw the bones brigade documentary
1: Dude, i saw that and listen to this i saw oh i saw i went to a premiere of it in um, florida and um and i was watching it and i looked to my right and ollie galfin's there he's the guy who invented the ollie
0: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: and it, you know he's on bones brigade
2: and
0: i was like what
1: dude you're oh my god i lost it,
0: I couldn't believe <laughs> it. um what was one of your favorite tricks
1: um my favorite trick is probably all impossible. Nice. Um uh, let's see. My favorite trick is uh all impossible, um maybe cricket grind. Nice. And maybe a s- Smith grind. oh no, a disaster slide. I love I, I love, the, really I, love disa-
0: they, I love those. I love I'm not sure
1: they call it. I'm not sure they call it that anymore. Well they used to. I I know what you're but, saying.
0: And the Smith grind's so sick. Yeah. What can you still do? Smith. You think all of it?
1: Uh, well, I don't think I can do that shit on a handrail anymore. But oh, that I was a handrail! Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, so I can do, but I can do like a Smith grind. I can't really do a crook. I can do a Smith grind. I can do disaster. I can do uh, all impossible. I can do. I got a lot of my tricks. They're just like maybe, maybe may like curb crew now. Okay, as opposed to Slappy's. real stuff.
0: Yeah, did you ever do yeah. hand plants or airs and stuff like that or on skate vert?
1: I never did hand plants or airs because I was like strictly street and then that, that okay. era of street after street plants yeah. is when I came up. Um, but I don't, and airs, I mean like on a mini ramp I can do like ollie stuff, but like like proper airs like on a vert, vert ramp or on a, even a vert, even even like a vert spot. You know, I never, you know what, another trick that I love is like totally underrated, but I love wall rides and wallies. Those are cool. I just love that feeling of like
0: Mark Gonzalez. Wait a minute, Tom this is, this
1: def, this, Yeah. This defies physics for a minute. You know, yeah. I love that feeling. I, 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 I want,
0: I want to go on record and say my goal is to skate with you one day, like skate a mini ramp or something. It'd be so awesome, man.
1: Oh, let's do that. I wish let's I had a
0: mini ramp, dude. I wish, man, my son well, was, when you
1: go ahead. come here, I, I know a friend in the next neighborhood over that's got, got a mini ramp. I'm not great at ramp stuff. Like I said, like, uh, I'm just a street skater, like yeah. actual street. So, uh, but I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll shake the dust off before you get here. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll take you over there.
0: What, what would be, do you have a, what would be any, uh, last one, top five? Do you have a top five? It could be hip hop, punk, any like ins- inspirational musicians or artists.
1: Man. Punk, um,
0: punk hip hop, whatever.
1: Okay. So I got to say like, for me, top five Oof, it's not enough it's never enough when it's just five. but i'll say uh (laughs) let's see uh yeah i'm still go with like hold true to like those teeny tween years of run vmc sick um that i remember that just blew my mind open um and wu-tang clan yes um i'll go with gazi uh the cure and built to spill
0: damn I got, I got all four of those. I never heard Built to Spill. I got to check them out.
1: Oh, man. I think you'd love them.
0: Damn, Cure Fugazi. Listen Run to DC. that.
1: Wow. Who Listen taught? to the album by Built to Spill called Keep It Like a Secret.
0: Keep It Like a Secret?
1: Yeah. It's transcendent. It's just incredible.
0: Have you checked out the Woo series on Netflix?
1: Oh, man. It's on deck, man. Dude. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited. It's so had, good. Yo, I like... I have a... Str- How is it that you... Like, ended up palling around with Madonna and I ended up becoming pals with Method man. You did like what like what world what did we live in fuck? coming up the way we did that that was a thing like you would have told me the least expected thing that I would have that it would ever happen in my life is that I could text Method man right right I,
0: now. how'd that happen through dashboard or just
1: it just through yeah, kind of except for this, all right so check it out. I Holy go shit to I get invited to see this kid I came up with down in South Florida became a, a, a really incredible director and showrunner. Okay. And the shows, the, the, the two, two of the shows he had were, first he did the Dare, Daredevil series on Netflix.
0: Yep, I saw that, I watched and that. And
1: then, yeah, incredible. And then when they all came together as defenders, like the, the Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, okay. Iron Fist, and Daredevil came, he, he, produced, he directed that and produced that series. Okay. So when that premiered, he invited me to the premiere to go see that.
0: And Method Man and, um, was on the Deer Devil. Wasn't Method Man on Deirdre?
1: He was on Luke Cage.
0: Okay, Luke Cage. That's right. Okay.
1: Right. So, so we sit, we sit down, and I look to my left, and he, Marco had Marco Ramirez, my friend, he had sat me next to Method Man. Wow. Which was like sick. You know, I know he knew what he was doing. Yeah. And look, man, I don't get too starstruck too easily. Yeah. I'm not di- totally disaffected, but I couldn't say anything. I'm like trying, I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm like, I can't let this moment go by. So I'm like, hey, Method Man, my name is Chris. Uh, we, we, we played, we played at some shows together. And he goes, <laughs> I know. He goes, I know. What? right? And no go, way, yeah. dude. Yeah. And I go, yeah. And he goes, and he named off the three places we played together. It was like two colleges and then one festival. And I was like, "But I'm like, oh, look, man, I know wow. how I know that because it's ingrained in my memory. It's like the, you know, high points of my yeah. career. Why do, Why do you remember that?" And he just looks at me and he goes, "Messed man." Wow, dude, that's fucking he, amazing, you know, it, it, dude. Yeah, so then I you know I got he remembered. To, you, I got to pal around with his his, his nephew. He's a sick. Uh, his 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 name is Dintel. Okay, and he's. He's sick, dude. He's sick, and he's you God's son. You God's son, okay. You should look out for, yeah, you got to look out for this kid. He's he's sick. Anyway, uh, so the three of us ended up, and my wife, we ended up hanging out for a while, and we stayed friends, and I got this text from his nephew when I was in... Where was I? New Zealand, man. I was in New Zealand of all places, right? You're in New Zealand. Meth wants you to come to the show. He's playing tonight at the you know arena. Wow. Said so, I said... Uh, uh, all right i'm like I'll, I'll see if i can go man i'm a little jet-lagged and he wrote back he goes yo when meth invites you to show you go
2: that's <laughs> so he wrote like, back hey, to you you're, oh shit. you're
1: right you're right when meth invites you to a show you go
0: was it a solo solo was it him and Redman? or
1: yeah it was him and Redman. man that's sick. it was like build this wu-tang but it wasn't all the wu-tang yeah. guys you know how that goes
0: what year was that
1: that was last year oh no, last year
0: ago. and so you got you got the man on ago. text that's sick
1: yeah wow man that's a good name drop if you're gonna name drop during a during an interview dude that's the one to go with
0: and it's so it's so random like i was like holy shit man that's sick man
1: yep awesome so that was a that was a satisfying thing for like the adult in me on every level that that rings back to the kid in me you know yeah i hate when people like dude my 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 16 year old self is freaking out right now it's like well what about yourself right now
0: (laughs) you You know know, 45 year old self yeah
1: yeah like this guy here, I'm freaking out. Like also, I'm you know, I'm getting a kick out of it as my old my young self, but this guy's getting a kick out of it.
0: And how was the show? They probably killed it, huh?
1: Oh, he killed it, he crushed it. Dude, they so good. His, so good luck. So the
0: records were incredible. Tacal to, to Cal, all those records are just so good, man. He's super underrated, man, as an M C too. Super underrated oh, yeah.
1: man. Totally underrated and he's he's an inc- underrated actor too. He's an incredible actor, I think. You know, his comedy stuff is kind of like the roles he's played is kind of goofy sometimes, and that's been the shtick, and that's fine. But like his, he's a good actor. His, yeah, he, his dramatic stuff is good.
0: Yeah, he was on the HBO show about New York City with, uh I forgot, I forgot what it's called. It's about all the prostitution of Forty Second Street. Yeah, uh, um, I forgot what it's called. The Deuces, Deuces. But
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Do you, you guys you guys binge watch any Netflix stuff right now? Do you, do you guys watch Ozark or anything? Oh yeah. Incredible man. Yep incredible um,
1: I'm uh, there's not a show i don't think that exists that i haven't watched at this point of this thing
0: yeah we rewatched sopranos we watched breaking bad we watched a better call Saul* now um
1: i've rewatched all those i re-watched the wire <laughs> wire is so uh, good i rewatched um um the i've re fargo Ooh. and true detective great the first, season first season's
0: detective. the best did you yeah. guys watch you guys watch dead to me
1: no, not yet. That's uh Especially I missed because it like my, my wife my wife lapped me on it, so I gotta catch up.
0: That's a good one. Sex education's a good one. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh there's so many fucking dude, Netflix and online all that streaming stuff is probably killing it right now, man. I can't even imagine, man.
1: Yeah.
0: It's insane. I, mean, I wanna go to the movie theater's a
1: social service right now. Dude, I heard that maybe was it, was it Netflix or Hulu? No, no, I heard Prime Prime Video, Amazon is gonna possibly buy AMC theaters. Really? So like that's a big another like parent wow. like what are the things that are gonna change our world in the days to come? You know, like, yeah. like like things even as simple as where we get our entertainment from when we go out. It's gonna change. What
0: about going to the movies, man? I love that we're gonna sit six feet apart from everybody in the movies. Like, how's that gonna work, man?
1: I don't know. I saw some some footage of that in some somewhere in Germany, I think. Wow! They're you know, they're there. They're there and they're, the rest of the seats are covered. I um, mean, they're bringing back sports. I'm happy about that. You know, I heard that. Hopefully, they're bringing back basketball, and I see hockey's coming back, and it's doable, no fans. But um, but I, I, I will. I would miss that if I was a player, and I certainly miss that as a fan.
0: Yeah, imagine just playing a show to nobody and just trying to like. I don't know. It's yeah, I can't.
1: I've been doing it in my living room, man, in my <laughs> studio here you say so, played... oh that's right that you've been doing that things. that's right what do you think
0: about that? I was gonna ask this okay those final thing the live streams you are doing is sick and so is it do you love it is it weird is it
1: it's all of the above yeah, I love totally. it because I understand like this is as close as I'm gonna get totally is it the same not even at all yeah um but I do love it I like I, it'd be a little bit better if I could see the comments because the computer's so far away with the filming yeah. and everything like that yeah um you know, I love, but I love, I, I love that there's interaction going on. Yes. That we have, like, you know, our, our, our real live stream that we've actually promoted that we did a fundraiser with. Yep. I saw that. We, we had 6,000 people. It's amazing. So that's man. like a, that's like a huge ass uh, show. A massive show. Um, but, you know, there's only, but the only person in attendance is me. Yeah. So, so it's 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 bizarre, and you like you got to just dig 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 down deep and find a way to like summon something more out of the song than just you going through the motions. And you can do it, you can do it. Do you feel? good b- so I you get, get, ner- ner-
0: you get nervous. I'm sorry, to cut you off.
1: Yeah, man, fuck yeah, Toby. It's like wait, what, this this isn't what we do. So yeah. of course I get nervous. Yeah, I get way nervous. Probably way more nervous, and I already get nervous before. Because you're sitting in your nervous.
0: house in the comfort of your home by yourself chilling. And you still get nervous. So like yeah, yeah.
1: You start playing, and you're like, "This is fine," but then you finish playing, and you're like, it's "Oh wait, do I do I talk? <laughs> you know, certainly, there's no cheering, <laughs> but do I do, it's, do I talk? Do I go right into the next song? And then you realize you've been standing in front of the camera just thinking for the 45 seconds. Wow. Okay, I guess I better go into the next song, and then you blurt out, "Oh, I guess I got to go into the next song." Wow. And so you know, you're, it's not like I've got this thing wired yet. But one thing that I think will come of it is. I think these as more, maybe not as many live streams. I'm certainly going to play songs here and there continuing when the live stuff comes back, when the live show world comes back, I'll still live stream songs every now and again. Cause I think I've found a way to really enjoy that connection. Yeah. People. But I think the conversations, like if you and I were to have a conversation and li- co-live stream together, yeah. um, you know, just for a half hour one day, I think that would, that would be, you know, not everybody can make it to your show. Yeah. So, so somewhere, somebody somewhere that wanted to be there feels like they were there for part of your day. I think that is something that I'll keep doing.
0: No, I love that. I love that, man. That's amazing. Especially now. People need that. Just seeing you and hearing the songs. And uh, I know we should do, too. know what I would do with you once I figure out when they're going to drop this. This, part, this might be a two-parter. We should do like an Instagram Live or something the day it drops. Hey, I'll be on, I'll be on Instagram Live with Chris and come on. We'll talk on there. And then, hey, we drop the episode. That'd be kind of fun, I think. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. That'd be awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time. I feel like I talked to you forever. It's been three hours. It's amazing. We covered everything. If I think of any more things, I'll call you back. But I'm super psyched. I'm psyched to finally catch up with you. I'm. I'm I want to thank you for all the music you put out in the world. Everything you've done. It's inspiring. I learned a lot about you today. Um, I love hearing the stories and reminiscing and just hearing your journey. And um, this was long overdue. You know, I'm glad I got, and I'm glad we're back in contact as well. Like, it's awesome.
1: Buddy, thank you so much. And, you know, thanks for for giving me the chances you've given me all, all over these years and and uh, and also just being an inspiration to me, so many of us.
0: Thank you, brother. And um, I'll be in touch. And I really appreciate your time today. And uh, we're going to get through this and we'll be playing shows in no time, you know, I hope. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get to it. Thanks. Thank you for dedicating these three hours. There. I really appreciate it, Chris.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, Toby. All right, brother. Bye. Bye
0: check 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 hello I'm all good and you sound great are you there check check I'm here all right so Chris this is first of all I'm excited about this Uh, so it's gonna be a two-parter because we did over three hours so we have a part one and a part two that rules Okay, so this is the only question I didn't ask you and Adam Blake was bummed. Adam Blake has always prided himself on having the best hair in hardcore. Him and Todd <laughs> Friend have had the yeah. slick the slick backs, the spikes and and, oh, yeah. and 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 out of some hair envy, he wanted me to ask you if there was a, any kind of secret product you use. He, he really wanted me to ask you that. Yes, you like how was your hair always so good?
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't really I don't use anything consistently.
0: But back in the um, day you had like that. That's in the front it was just perfect.
1: Yeah, but uh, my like I think that the trick is is like for some reason my hair grows straight up
0: so yeah, you got a great uh, hairline yes
1: I so all I can do is just go with it I, I, my hair is long now I know'm still doing the thing in the front where it like it <laughs> grows straight up um so you, I guess I, you trying to say it was I, it was
0: bedhead just bedhead this regular hair and no
1: no I put stuff in it but I'm just saying I don't have a bas map just whatever was around like Murray's. or uh I mean, murray's is probably what I use the most.
2: Okay, that was the but, '90s shit. You know,
1: that's some stuff you get. me, mean, drugstore, whatever. You know? Yeah, it's perfect. You don't, you don't need a. But you know, remember how that stuff would just not wash out? at
0: Yeah, all? yeah, we used. To. I mean, Adam Blake's gonna be super stoked because him and Todd Friend, all they used in the '90s was murray's for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's who I heard about it from. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He'll be even flattered on that. Yeah, that was my only question. Adam's like, you ask him about his hair because Adam's all about hair and like. He prided himself. Hey, we, have, we have the best. We're handsome hardcore. We have the best hair in the hardcore scene. I'm like, all right, settle down. Um, okay, so, Mar- so we're going to go with Murray's then. Yeah. Okay, amazing. All right, Chris, thank you for getting back on the phone. Like I said, part one and part two. Um, I'm super stoked, and I appreciate your time always. All right, Toby. Be all right, good, brother. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to the next one.